leadership is actually a very lonely journey for a lot of us. Uh, and to be able to be vulnerable, to be able to be your authentic self, to open up and say, listen, I don't know whether I'm doing this right or wrong, doesn't come easily uh, to folks. And uh, I've felt that um, across the organizations I've worked at, um, there has been this opportunity to um, bring out a partnership between HR and leaders and say, you can come by to us, have that conversation, um, and feel safe while having that conversation. So that's how the journey has been uh, so far. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hacking HR podcast. Our endeavor has always been to bring you the best of the topics that would have been unheard or heard, but less discussed. We have a very special guest with us today, Deepti, joining us from India. And Deepti is very passionate about how coaching can become a very effective tool for performance management in organizations. Hi, Deepti. Welcome to Hacking HR podcast. Thank you so much, Natasha. Good to be here. Awesome. So, uh, Deepti, I understand you've spent more than a decade in leadership roles in HR in various organizations. Uh, I would first love to know how has been your coaching experience in different industries um, spanning your HR role throughout in, in these last couple of years? Sure. Um, I've been in HR for close to 19 years and yeah, over the past many years, been in leadership uh, roles. And um, coaching has uh, played an integral part of my uh, journey because uh, there have been a lot of cases where leadership is actually a very lonely journey for a lot of us. Uh, and to be able to be vulnerable, to be able to be your authentic self, to open up and say, listen, I don't know whether I'm doing this right or wrong, doesn't come easily. Uh, to folks. And uh, I've felt that um, across the organizations I've worked at, um, there has been this opportunity to um, bring out a partnership between HR and leaders and say, you can come by to us, have that conversation, um, and feel safe while having that conversation. So that's how the journey has been uh, so far. Great, fantastic. So, um... My follow-up question to that, Deepthi, a lot of managers want to take the role of a coach in the performance management space, but then they end up being those typical managers who are only talking about where the team did not do right, uh, what is it that they can do forward. Uh, somewhere, the element of proactively making the team think of what is it that they can do on their own together is missing. Uh, and I think that's where the coaching element brings in that perspective. So for the new managers who want to get into coaching uh, as one of the tools for their teams, your suggestion and recommendation of how they can begin their journey with their team members and what could be some of the pitfalls that they could avoid? Mm -hmm. um, for new managers, I think a key essential part of that role is to be able to listen it's not about you providing all the answers. And also I think there is a difference between where you need to coach, where you need to direct. Uh, and that's the balance that managers need to strike. There is a time, there is a place for coaching, there is a time and there is a place for directing. 
um, and they need to be able to manage that uh, that difference. Um, and I think from a coaching standpoint, it's not about giving the answers. It's not about saying, listen, I know what you need to do. Here is the 20 things that you need to do and you'll get it right. It's really about understanding where that individual is and understanding what the strengths are and the areas of weaknesses are, and then be able to work with that. Um, providing answers will get you results in the short term, but in the long run, it just doesn't work. Um, and I think listening is extremely important and constantly asking questions instead of jumping to solutions, asking people, okay, why do you think that is important? Why do you think this is a solution? Why do you feel this will work? Why do you feel this will not work? Just getting yourself a list of questions, I think, uh, would work very well. And that is the way in which new managers should start that journey. Interesting. Um, Deepti, I am sure uh, the listeners and the viewers here would love to know some of the best case studies that you've gone through in terms of coaching the complete team uh, and, and redirecting their performance to a more self-driven way of moving forward to the aligned objectives rather than a more dependent way of uh, moving towards the aligned objectives. So uh, if, you could, if you could share one or two case studies, I'm sure this, it's gonna be insightful learning for everyone. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I can give you my own uh, examples and I've learned uh, the hard way in terms of how to manage uh, teams. When I started off my journey and I've spoken about this earlier as well, that um, I was so focused on being that perfect manager that I didn't want to fail and I didn't want the team around me to fail because that's a reflection on me and then it would reflect poorly on me. So I carried that burden along with me and ensured that you know I was micromanaging the team. I was constantly monitoring what they are doing. I was constantly ensuring they're not making mistakes and literally hovering around them. Uh, and that was a powerful experience and I'm sure that at that point in time, if you had asked me about it, I would have hesitated to speak about it. But that particular experience has kept me so grounded and has changed my approach towards how I look at uh, team management. Um, post that entire uh, phase and that episode of, uh, you know, this not being able to strike the balance with the team, what I realized is that I need to back off. And one of the things that leaders need to know is when they're getting into this role, um, to be happy that they've achieved that uh, success and also to realize that that role doesn't define them, doesn't define the team. It's about how you're balancing that interaction. So what I started to do was uh, to change the way I was looking at the team's performance. I started looking at each individual as to what they are bringing to the table and then determining what needed to be done. And one size does not fit all. Everybody has unique needs. Uh, everybody has different levels of skills and understanding. Um, and to value your one-on-one -on -one time with individuals. Uh, when you're in a team setting, there's a lot that can get discussed, a lot that can be achieved from a task perspective. But in terms of growth, in terms of development, that one-on-one -on -one time where people can actually open up and tell you what they're feeling, what they're going through uh, really helps. And that whole um, transition um, made me constantly believe and um, you know, forge that uh, journey towards coaching because then I stopped talking about you need to do this. 
asking how better can we do this? Uh, what do you feel about this? And valuing people's opinions while they're bringing that to the table because it's just not about doing the task. It's about what do they feel while they're doing it? And the minute you start to understand that um, they're engaged, then they'll feel empowered. If they're disengaged, they're not going to produce results. Um, so that is, um, I think, one of those examples I can speak based on my own personal uh, experience. Fantastic. So, um, Deepthi, I know that you've already shared a few of your insights in terms of how managers can become an effective coach. You've also shared uh, a case study from your live experience in how you moved to a coaching ex uh, coaching expert. Um, my next question for you is, I think there's a thin line between mentoring and coaching, and that's often blurred by people, even though they're seasoned coaches or seasoned mentors. Um, how do you recommend people or suggest people that uh, they should not be overstepping those boundaries every now and then uh, and should be able to cl clearly define that when they're a coach, they are a coach, and when they're a mentor, they're a mentor? Yeah. I think for managers, it gets very difficult to do that uh, because you are a subject matter expert. So the, the mentoring just happens without you thinking about it. Um, as soon as a problem comes, you already know the solution because you've been through that journey. So a lot of times um, I personally recommend to individuals who are looking at you know, growth and development uh, to have somebody who is outside of their circle as a coach who will look at them for what they are doing. You do not have to be an expert in that particular area. You do not have to be a technology expert to be able to coach an engineer. You do not have to be a marketing expert to coach somebody in marketing. You just have to understand the kind of questions you need to ask and also do it in a non-judgmental way. Um, and that is really important. And, and where that line starts to get blurred is for managers you also are accountable for deliverables. Um, so if you start only looking at coaching as a method, you may not achieve the results that you're looking at. And that's why, like I mentioned earlier, there is a place for coaching. There is a place for directing. There's a place for mentoring. Um, you will have to find that uh, right balance. And I think where you can start leveraging coaching a lot more is in your development conversations that you're having with your team members. Um, depending on the timelines that you have, depending on um, what the deliverables are, you move into your directing and mentoring styles. And when you're doing a retrospective post uh, a particular project, then you start to talk about, okay, how did you think the project went? And that's where the coaching will start to come into play because you have that time for reflection. You have that time for talking through things, which you may not find uh, while you're in the thick of things and you need to get something delivered. So there is that balance. So if you don't have the luxury of finding somebody outside to be your coach um, and uh, you as a manager want to be uh, a great coach, know when to time it um, because it cannot always yield results uh, if you're bringing it into timelines which are really stringent and you need to deliver something. Brilliant. So um, a lot of organizations are now looking at reverse mentoring. Not that it is something new, it was always there. It's just that when they start seeing results in other places and with other individuals, they want to adapt that best practice and bring it back to their organizations. Is there anything called as reverse coaching as well? Or is there something which can be explored in the long term by the organizations? 
So, you know, coaching can be learned from different ways and different means. And it really depends on the organization. It depends on what, what you really are looking for. Um, and again, individuals are also very different. So um, you need to be able to think through what will work really well for the organization and then bring in. Uh, there are best practices out there, but not everything suits every organization. Um, and I feel coaching across the board has some salient uh, features, if you know, for the lack of a better word, that can be leveraged uh, across industries, across uh, organizations, across levels. Um, it, it really has some core tenets that you will have to uh, work with. And I think uh, adapting different uh, methodology styles to work. Great. Um, in terms of leadership coaching, if we now move to that level, and as you rightly said in the beginning, that it's very lonely out there when we start climbing up the ladder and at a certain level, it becomes impossible. Or I think there's this, this self-inhibit scare that if I'm going to be open to people, uh, if, if I'll become vulnerable, um, I'm just opening up too much of myself in the organization. And as a leader, I should always be a closed person when it comes to my personal feelings. So um, when it comes to leadership coaching, a lot of times when we see uh, leaders facing a difficult situation, they may not come out openly and talk about it. So how is it that the leaders can seek a coach at that point of time, perhaps internally within the organization, and be in that psychological safe place to be able to voice what they're going through? So that's one part of it. And the second part of it is, if at all, I as an individual see a leader in my organization going through this, and I know that the person is not gonna reach out to me, how can I create that safe environment for that person or for that leader to open up in front of me and I can become a coach for them? So it's a two-way thing that I'm asking you to this. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think organizations need to create these systems and mechanisms right off the bat without making it where it's an individual's need that's coming through and then they are hesitating because they don't see an environment that's conducive for it. Um, across organizations that I've worked, uh, coaching has been front and center of conversations. Uh, there are coaches assigned, there are uh, programs designed to be able to get leaders to that next level. Um, and the other piece is that when the organization itself is looking at coaching, everybody knows that they're invested in getting the person to that next level. It is not about finding flaws. It's not about uh, finding gaps. It's about how do we take you to that next level? What you're bringing in is great. Um, and this is what you're doing, which is fantastic. So how do we take you to that next level? Um, so when you create those uh, support systems within the organization and coaching is uh, not something that people find uh, as an alien concept or where you probably are inadequate, therefore you need coaching, right? The, the tonality of the entire piece is extremely important. Um, when it comes to leaders reflecting that they need a coach, but are not openly talking about it, um, it really depends on the individual and coaching only works when that individual is coming up and saying, I need help. So no matter how much you want to provide them with that support, if they're not leaning into it, 
um, then coaching does not become successful. And I've seen uh, leaders who have not been open to it, or leaders who feel that they are beyond coaching, saying that, you know, I know everything, I don't need a coach. I've been working for so many years, I've seen a lot of things, I've dealt with a lot of things, you know, I can manage. Um, so when it comes to that, it becomes very difficult then to be successful uh, in terms of coaching an individual or wanting to be a coach or wanting to provide that support. It has to come from that individual itself. Great. Uh, in the interest of time, since we're coming to the close of the hour of our podcast, my last question for you. Uh, a lot of times there's this misconception that one has to get into certifications to be a successful coach. Whereas we've seen a lot of coaches who are without a certif certification, but then they do fantastic work when it comes to coaching their teams or coaching the leaders. Um, so what is it that uh, people can go through uh, as they evolve in their journey of coaching uh, without being overwhelmed with the pressure of having a certification alongside? Okay. I have had coaches who've not been certified coaches. Um, they've just known how to make somebody feel comfortable, make somebody feel that even if they're bringing in um, their, their weakest points uh, out in the open, how to be supportive, how to be encouraging, uh, how to be non-judgmental. So I have seen um, those individuals as well who had a great impact on uh, the way I conduct myself and in my journey. I've also seen the merits of um, getting a coaching certification uh, as well. And there are so many different certifications out there. Um, and uh, there are well-renowned organizations who also provide certifications. Um, one does not become a great coach just because of a certification. It also has to do with continuous practice. Uh, and I think coupled with practice, with that ability to be patient, non-judgmental, asking the right questions, um, you can go a long way. A certification will always add to it, um, but that's not the be all and end all of, uh, of coaching. Uh, you can have a certification, but not have uh, the mind frame for coaching, then uh, it's just not going to be effective as well. Um, so I think first is if you really have that bent of mind for coaching, uh, practice it. There are a lot of videos available. There's a lot of content available. Um, look through that, see whether you can practice it, see whether that's your natural style, and then start to grow and build on it. Amazing, Deepti. Loved this time with you in terms of deep diving into coaching and how it can be an effective way of uh, managing the performance more effectively for the team and as well as for the leaders. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in once again at Hacking HR Podcast. Uh, signing off until we get you the next episode. Take care. See you. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.